Welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And if you are watching this, which most people don't, uh, and that's okay, but if you're watching this, obviously this looks different than normal Nerd Herder YouTube episodes, um, although we've always put our main show out there. We're hoping more people watch it because we're doing something different, um, something new with the new recording equipment that we've got and that made all kinds of possibilities open up, and so uh, while we love our podcast people, we hope at least people will check it out and let us know if they like it or not. Um, you can see our beautiful faces. You can see plenty of random objects behind us, also some uh, weeb LED lights in the background. We've got it all. Yeah, we've become streamers. Um, we're not trying to push people to listen exclusively on YouTube, or we're not trying to steal podcast people to YouTube. We're just doing something new. Yeah. Uh, because we want to and we can. And so, uh, but the recording equipment helps the audio as well. So hopefully everyone's enjoying it on that side. It uh, promises to be fun and whatnot. And so just trying to improve and whatnot. Patrons make it possible. So thank you to our patrons um, and also our patrons' patients uh, because they put up with us for some reason and they pay for it. Uh, yeah. You know, most would call that masochism, but we are grateful for it. So Doug, Jim, Rebecca, thank you so much. And I can look, uh, if you're watching, I know Jim's watching this, so I can look you in your soul uh, and say that. And so that's wonderful. So Hi, Jim. Um, now, no planned uh, visuals for this one, but uh, obviously come back here uh, on whatever day it ends up going out that we put out our Halo episode. Because I always have visual aids uh, because I know my class. Um, I know, I, I know my room and, and so I know that visuals help, uh, stimulate interest and Very retain so. attention. So, yeah. uh, hopefully it'll prove true as well for you all. So, but nonetheless, um, excited. We will try to remember that we're putting this on both platforms and not make this entirely exclusively a visual experience. Uh, but we're obviously mindful of it with cameras pointing us in the face and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I'll still be making the mouth noise for quotation marks, but also I'll be doing it physically as well. Right, so if anything, we're recording audio, we're recording video, and both yeah. are going into the ether. You get to uh, see my fancy Dragon Ball Z shirt. There you go, there you go. so, and I'm very uh, Sith Empire, uh, new Sith Empire, I should say, First Order Sith Empire, with, uh, got my Target exclusive um, Kylo and Sith Troopers, although they never hung out in the movie. I'm disappointed. No. But, um, so, yeah, anyway. So, we've been talking about The Mandalorian. Um, everyone on the internet and in the world has actually... Well, not everyone. So people. many people. Uh, because season two is upon us, and I spoke it into existence, and you're welcome. Uh, I'm not going to get thanked for it, but I know I did it, and that's all that matters. Me and Jesus know what happened, so... Uh, but I spoke it into existence on the last episode that we would have a trailer to talk about, and we do. Uh, we're not going to talk at length necessarily, uh, but it's something, I mean, we've seen it. So it's like, it's hard not to now talk about, especially the finale of season one, yeah. without thinking, oh, maybe that's, that one shot in the trailer means this, or who knows, maybe that's that, or blah, 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 and everything. So um, the trailer's hype, the trailer's cool. Um, it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, what did you expect? I mean, it's, you know, it's yeah. Star Wars, it's The Mandalorian. Of course, it was going to be cool. Um, but it's always fun when it delivers, uh, when Star Wars delivers like that and everything. And so uh, we are nearly a month away, which is exciting. So can't wait to, at some point, talk about season two. We're not sure how we'll tackle it. 
I know it's not on this year's docket. Who knows? We just knew we wanted to talk about season one. Exactly. Uh, and that's what we're doing. So more than likely after the first of the year, we'll probably actually tackle it. Um, after we've had plenty of time to um, marinate in the Mando. Or maybe next year. We don't know. Yeah. Sometimes the new it year. takes a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or exactly yeah. a year from now. Exactly a year. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, who knows? So, but at some point, for sure, you can bet. I mean, we're a Star Wars podcast. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk we're, about Star Wars. Exactly. We'll get there. So, uh, but we've been talking about season one leading up to season two because we never really got to finish that. And so it's been really fun. So every week on the main show, we've been talking about a group of episodes. We talked about the first three, then the middle three. First three, we all agreed were, I say we all, like there's many of us. We are legion. There are many of us. But um, we agreed first three, banging, awesome, lit, they slap. All those Gen Z uh, phrases. The first three episodes, we didn't have anything but good things to say about. Um, but then last week, interestingly, was different. Um, and I don't yeah. know if too many people are used to us having, um, not complaints, but just, I mean, being meh or, or yeah. not 100% hype on something. Well, it's one of those things. Like, Star Wars is for everyone. There are different aspects for everyone, like I said, but... There's bound to be something that someone doesn't like for, you know, whatever reason. Like I said last week, I'm not a big fan of mean characters. Sure. I'm not a fan of annoying characters. So, I mean, I didn't like the uh, the gunslinger one, I think is what it was called or yeah. whatever. Um, it I didn't, had good points. It did, everything that wasn't focused on uh, the, the tr- up-and-coming kid, I just... It, it was one of those things where he did well at what his character was supposed to be. Um, I think maybe if he had lived and I had the idea, maybe he'll come back and like be a better adversary or maybe even be redeemed. Like if it's some, it's, if it had been open-ended, I think my brain could have reconciled something yeah. and been like, well, maybe it'll be better, you know, in the long run, like certain, certain, like certain villains, don't pay off until they've been the villain a little while. Yeah, and he just didn't seem like a threat. No, it was just annoying. Yeah. Um. Sorry, we're back on the uh, complaint train. Toro, Toro Calican, right, or Toro something Calican. like that. Yeah, so, Steel Wars yeah, his boyfriend. I I wasn't a fan of him, um, just because again I thought it was rather annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, you have similar complaints of, of some of the characters from the uh jailbreak episode yeah um i don't remember all of them i'm tired leave me alone um but so i mean it's tit for tat i mean whereas you can go without watching one i can go without watching another it is what it is um but overall i enjoy i enjoy i enjoy it all and so um but then we move on to the finale and i think this is where it comes back around to where these these are all agreeably 100% 100% good. Oh, yeah. Th- these two episodes are some of the best live-action Star Wars. Yeah, because, I mean, really when it picks up, it's almost like you could have skipped the last three episodes. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't I don't recommend it. Even not liking um, episode five, it would be. Um, even not liking one of them. I mean, it's due its watch. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, you know, because basically episode three ends off, he riding off into the sunset with the kid he's escaped uh and now he has his mission of just protecting the kid 
you can jump immediately to the next one where, you know, Grief is messaging Mando and it's just like, hey, things have kind of gotten crazy, but I have a way to fix it for everybody. Just give the kid to the, like, you know, you know things have happened, but you don't necessarily need to know exactly what. Yeah, and you miss, although if you, if you do skip, you miss some good character development and a good relationship development, I'll say, too. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's just, it's interesting in such a short show that they have, they were able to work that in there, um, in terms of having, uh, reasonably passable time. Like, you can jump around and, and not feel bad. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I think it means that, like, when you come into the finale of these episodes, although watching the other three are great and add a lot, you don't necessarily feel you're not missing anything if you do just jump into episode seven from episode three. True. It it definitely adds to have it, but it's not missing. Um, and I just I just thought that was interesting. It's it's like I mean it's what would be arguably filler um, in like anime or something like that, where it's just like this is happening, and parts of it will play in later. But at the same time, if you go to the later, it's also okay. Yeah, it's like uh, if we didn't have. The tournament saga we wouldn't know what a cool guy piccolo was sure <laughs> like, yeah yeah this is why you don't skip dragon ball and go straight to dragon ball z right because otherwise you wouldn't know who half the characters were mm-hmm. and why they were important yeah but also just you get well, to I mean, see king piccolo execute right well because i mean reasonably you can have it so much shorter it could be a five episode series mm-hmm. but they made it eight you know if anything it's I mean, you could call it padding if you really don't like it, but, I mean, and and that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad um, explanation for it. I mean, if anything, it's just the main story's five episodes. It's the first three and then the last two, but there, like you said, there's that added stuff. There, there's other components that, no, don't connect to the bigger, bigger story necessarily. Now, obviously, you don't have, you don't have the explanation for um, Kara exact, exactly, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, you could almost retcon that yourself in your head or whatnot. I mean, it depends on how much you like the character and everything. But yeah. uh, I'm not saying it's it's not like a, what order do you watch the Mando episodes and all that. I, I mean, I'm just saying that the majority, this, this reconnects with the bigger story. Um, because having had the last three episodes, you see that um, his life is still crazy because of everything that's happened. Like, he's still getting, he's getting hunted, the kid's getting hunted. He tried to get rid of the kid. It's not going to work because they're hunting the kid and him, but not necessarily together. Yeah. You know, they're, they're two different scores to settle. So it's this, having those other episodes really lays the groundwork for why he would be willing to take the deal of how how can we settle this, yeah. uh, which is kind of the setup for the events of the finale is, hey, things are worse. You're still getting hunted. Clearly, we have to essentially appease the bad guy. Um, we have to get the client off of our both of our backs um, in order to have any reasonable form of happiness. Now, you know, Grief Karga's whole thing is, well, we're just going to take the kid, give him to the Imperials, because then surely they'll leave. They'll have what yeah. they want. This used to be a wholesome hive of scum and villainy. Now there's Imperials everywhere. Right. Well, and the thing is, like, it helps Grief's character because he's not necessarily super likable. He's funny. 
yeah. in the beginning, but he's not necessarily super likable. He's no Dylan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this really helps bring him around because he's really, I mean, he really is. He's kind of, um, they, you know, they mentioned that he's like chief magistrate. I don't know if he's a, of Navarro or just bef even before that. Yeah. But regardless, he has position in this little city. And if business is bad in, you know, Navarro, then business is bad for him. It Like, he's being negatively affected by the Imperials. And I think that this is one of those things where it's like, you can't look the other way, like, on a job. Which yeah. was the whole thing with the Mando, was he's probably looked the way several times. But now with this kid involved, he can't look the other way. Now, Grief himself, he's his kid, his child is the city. And it's like, well, now I can't look the other way because I have no business. Yeah. If I have no business, I have no purpose. Like, what what kind of existence is this? So he's trying to work out a deal at first that's not necessarily great, but it's almost understandable. Because yeah. from his position, he doesn't know the kid. He's never seen the kid. He's not, you know, looked at the big eyes. And, like, that's the thing is it seems like everybody that encounters the kid turns around. Yeah. Um, Which makes sense. Like, I'm looking at our shelves of baby over right now. <laughs> and I'm just like... Right, yeah, he's, he's lovingly looking over my shoulder and such. So, yeah, so I mean, everyone that has that sort of experience seems to make a, a choice at a fork in the road and everything, and he just hasn't reached that point. So he's intending to go a certain way and just, here's the kid, can we have our planet back and everything like that. Yeah. But that's how the Empire keeps you in their, uh, under their boot, though, I would think, is they just keep you needing to appease them. Just keep working it off. Yeah, well, that's Palpatine and the Empire's entire thing is just like, I'm going to make it so you can't live without me. Uh, well, essentially, I mean, they make it so that, unfortunately, you do kind of need them yeah. um, and everything, which, I mean, interesting, like, it, all of this is happening, blasters, guns, and scum and villainy, um, but, I mean, Palpatine's soul is wandering the ether out there, Cl yeah. clones are being made, and all. It's it's interesting now to have all of these, like at one point in the story, and what these people, not necessarily them, but people of that time, you know, in universe are thinking is, oh, the empire's gone, the emperor's dead, all of that. Like for them, it's the it's over. Mm -hmm. Whereas we know from being the readers and and viewers and all that, there's this whole other story happening out there somewhere, which is just yeah. kind of interesting. Um, I'm glad it doesn't come up here, but it's enough. I mean, it's, again, having timelines like, oh, okay, five years after this. Okay, that's, huh, I wonder, you know, what's going on here and what, we're, you know, I wonder if Palpatine had a clone yet. And <laughs> is this part of that? Who knows? Honestly, probably. He's I mean, probably getting the test tube ready for Snoke. I mean, I would say it's kind of interesting that Baby Yoda does have very strong force healing powers. Oh, so, yeah. Like, stronger than we've seen before. So... I mean, it, it is interesting how that might play into why they want him, whether they are really working for the Emperor or not. And I'm almost wondering, is something like that going to happen? What if the decrepit Emperor finds out there's this Force child out there that heals? You know, I mean, he's going to want it first. There's a lot of possibilities. All of them better than bringing Ahsoka in the story. <laughs> that's just my opinion. Yeah, though. that's pretty accurate, though. But anyway, so... Um, Obviously, Mando doesn't trust it, because why would you? Um, and not. so he starts building his team of, all right, well, we kind of use this to the advantage. 
Um, so he does go back and find uh, Kara, and she gets the the obligatory "I'm a former MMA person" uh, thing. She gets to fight somebody. I think it was MMA, right? I don't know, man. I don't pay attention. I don't know. She she punched people for a living for a while. She was now acronym. Yeah, right. So uh, a string of letters. <laughs> um, and so uh, he picks her up for the sake of just added uh, muscle, but also just she's got actual wartime experience. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting that he defaults to her uh, in episode four, as well as here a little bit in terms of combat. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he recognized it's interesting to have a character as cool and idolized as the Mandalorian recognize his shortcomings in that, hey, my experience is in bounties. Yeah. Probably not the same thing you saw jumping out of Republic ships and fighting on the front lines and, you know, recognizing where your your skills end and where someone else's begins and basically being like, hey, I need you because you're good at this. Well, that's the point of, like, having having a balanced team is, like, one of the most important things for, like, a storytelling arc. Because you can't have an entire D&D campaign with just bards. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to try, though. <laughs> Won't get imagine? a lot done. Um, no, but we'll have fun. Sure. Fun yeah. dying. <laughs> you need bards and clerics are support. Mm-hmm. I feel like Quill and Iggy are both support. Absolutely. Whereas Kara would be like a fighter. Mando, I'd say, is a ranger or a rogue. That yeah. kind of thing. I mean, he's definitely, he can do cl- very close combat mm-hmm. or he can do long range. He's proven that. And disintegration. So it might be a warlock. Right. Um, so he's got his versatility, but in terms of strategic... Uh, combat and and that's the thing is he's he's used to going after thugs and criminals not going after full-on imperials Mm -hmm. he might have scuffled with imperials before but he's not fought and strategized uh war against them whereas again kara having been part of the republic teams being a shock trooper it's not just oh i fought and shot some imperials but it's like no i've come up with battle plans i've you know all of it like she, she does in, outrank him in terms of certain experience, to, to quote Rex and such. So I just thought that was an interesting way to draw her back into the story and everything. It was not just a, oh, we need a final great shot with all the cool characters. But, like, no, legitimately she makes sense to be there. Yeah, it, it, it's the same thing with, like, it makes sense for Quill to say no. Right. Yeah, I mean, so the other thing is they need a babysitter. I mean, we could talk about the whole Yoda, uh, Yoda, yogurt, whatever you want to call him, um, choking out Kara and everything. But I, you, you made that the, awesome. you made the point that, that oh, that's the only thing that needs to be really made, in that like, yeah, he doesn't know necessarily all the right from wrong. That's why he needs training. Right, but I just love that he definitely knows if somebody's hurting Mando or disagreeing with Mando, that's Daddy, and you don't do that. Don't touch Daddy. Um, it's. It, it's interesting how, uh, despite being 50, how childlike he is. And I mean, there's no real point of reference for at what point would someone who could live to be 900 years old mm-hmm. grow out of adolescence? Because it could just be that they mature quickly and then are 900 years old. Or like in this case, it seems like maybe maybe it's legitimate. Like maybe 100 years is 10 years to us. Like he could legitimately only be five. And, like, with his mannerisms, I think he's, like, probably three. Yeah, I mean, three to five makes sense yeah. to me because he's processing. He's clearly understanding. And But my thing is, 
he's doing a lot with his powers that doesn't seem like, oops, I, like, you he know, freaked again. out. Like, it's not so much a, I got mad and pushed people. It's more of a, no, I, I want to stop the, the rhinoceros. I want to stop the fire. I want to choke this person. Like, he's thinking. He's processing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the only thing that holds back any understanding of his age is he doesn't talk. Yeah. So he coos like a baby, but he thinks and attempts murder like a full-grown Ted Bundy. So maybe not that bad. But. No, not that bad. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, they recruit uh, Kuwil to be the babysitter, essentially. Although, even though he says no, he still goes with them. But mm-hmm. I think that's just for the, the sake of the story. Yeah. Because instead of, he's got someone more qualified. Dude, that reveal when we first watched it was so great. I was so glad because I was so worried we were going to have to go without Iggy ever again. Exactly. And I mean, now we kind of do. Yeah. But. Well, I don't know. I mean, okay. I your favorite character got cut in half. So technically, you have a reason to doubt, but I'm pretty sure Iggy's dead. Listen, man. <laughs> I, I will always hold out hope for my favorite characters. Because, like you said, my because favorite Darth character Vader, or Darth Maul. got cut in half and survived. Yeah. Even if he got, if even if Obi Wan had gone for the head, I'm not entirely sure that he wouldn't have. So, still by survived. that logic, Jango Fett's still alive. There you go. You heard it here, guys. Nerd Herder said it. He's living in the helmet like a hermit crab. Um, to just boogie ahead. I mean, at some point, grief comes around. He gets hurt. Baby Yoda heals him. I love the whole thing because they find out that like he they're like he eats the frog so they're like oh he eats meat like or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a carnivore. And it comes back later cuz uh he, when baby Yoda goes to heal him he's like he's trying to eat me. <laughs> and I love that scene. Yeah. It's it, so funny. It's so tense in that moment of like oh no, there's poison coursing through his veins. He's going to die. We either need to cut off his arm or something needs to happen. Right. Like, Which again, I mean that comes from Kara because she's been around many a world yeah. with her military career. So, you know, again, a great reason that she's on board. But, you know, this is that moment I was talking about earlier where grief now has his child moment, and it's like, dang it, I don't <laughs> want it to die either. I don't want to care about this, but dang it. Um, I love that he waits until the climactic point, or, or I should say I love that the story writers wait until the climactic point to have him turn on the two goons that he had with him. Yes. So, because there's this whole, well, I guess this is where it ends. Like, there's or this, there, there's this whole dramatic setup, and then he yeah. whips around and shoots the goons instead of Mando and Kara, who are ready to be betrayed. Like, they're they're expecting oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's this whole moment of just like, all right, you know what? The baby's cute. Let's figure it out. Like, <laughs> And, like, that's some of my favorite character development for any story is, like, I'm a bad guy up until this point, and then all of a sudden, dang it, I right. care. Mm-hmm. Well, Why did I mean, you give me feelings? That's such a Star Wars thing, though, is it's the point of, you know, that. Everybody needs a, a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I don't think anyone, even someone that's raised to agree with the right side, whatever that might be, like, for okay, Leia, mm-hmm. I, she has a reason. Why? Bail Organa. Who she was raised by. That's her reason. Yeah. Like, everyone has a reason for why they choose to be who they are and why they choose the path that they choose. Everyone has a point that makes them question it and decide on it. Um, 
And and that's the thing. It's such a Star Wars thing in that no one's born knowing how to do the right thing or knowing what good and bad are or right or wrong. Like we all reach a point where we have to choose though. Yeah. With what we know and what we've seen, we have to choose. And when we've been shown that we're wrong, we have to choose whether we'll listen and change or whether we'll double down. You know, I mean, so it's such a interest. I mean, every again, Mando had his own, you know, I really think, you know, the whole Jawa thing was such a metaphor for that in terms of here I am getting sent on this mission for this random thing, getting beat up for it. And then I bring it back and they just eat it. Yeah. Like I wasn't getting some treasure. I wasn't getting something glorious. I was getting something that they were planning to rip apart. Something that already belonged to him, which is yet again a metaphor for the Beskar, maybe. Maybe. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. That's a good connection. You're I mean, welcome. well, and then you could even go further. He gets it back and rebuilds, you know. So it's this idea of getting from this exchange what what goes into uh, rebuilding him. So exactly. he's a new person after that. So it, you know, lot, lots of metaphor uh, there for sure. So, but, so grief has his moment and it's all about now, all right, how do we trick the client? Um, which they try the whole, oh, the baby's sleeping. It's so funny. It's so funny. I really don't know what the entirety was. To get the line, I would like to see the baby. Well, I love that it follows all of this dialogue, and I wish I had specifically had it in front of me to do, but, like, he's got all of this imperial Nazi stuff that he's saying. Yeah. You know, what system is not made better by the touch of the empire and all, like, all of, like, so much. Yeah, and then, I would like to see, immediately, I would like to see the baby. Like, it's so crazy to me. That's why, like, that's why you hire Werner Herzog, because he is the German. Right. Um, and he does such a great job. I don't know. I thought he lived, but I don't know if he does. Because I don't think so. Because he goes to answer a phone, and then the place gets shot up. Dude. I didn't see him leave. He would be Swiss cheese. Right. German which, cheese. Uh... <laughs> um, so, if anyone smarter than me wants to clarify, I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think Werner Herzog's dead, which sucks because he was such a fun addition. He was such a great character. Um, but, I mean, such a great thing. Like they, so uh, Gideon calls, and this is such a great introduction in, in terms of, like, do you have it? Yes. It's, it's, it's a sleeping. You might want to check. <laughs> I just, I love, because well, I'm that sarcastic person in terms no. of, hey, did you, did you remember your coffee? No, no, you didn't, did you? Like, I'm that person where it's just like, I, I want you to, yeah. <laughs> like, see your, your shortcoming. Uh, but I don't shoot people for it. Um, no, But that is a power move. <laughs> it is an incredible power move. That's why I hate talking I lo- I love this introduction. I love what, how they bring him in. I honestly forgot he was in this show. Oh, oh, dude. You haven't seen Breaking Bad. But this no. is 100% in line with his character Gus in yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, like, they had done so much with the show to this point that I really, I stopped looking for his character. I stopped trying to guess who he was. It was such, it was so well done. Oh, yeah. Um, And also, just top-notch mustache. Oh, yeah. Like, in general, he pulls off Imperial very well. And so, um, so, essentially, they went with an empty basket and sent the baby back with Kuil to the ship, um with the plan of just, like, lock it down. We'll, yeah. 
find something. I guess they just wanted a way in to then shoot the client themselves because I, I guess, guess they so. thought if they killed him, problem solved, right? But yeah, he wasn't even the guy. Um, although it, I, I, you know, again, I, I'm curious for answers on the whole hierarchy. I mean, obviously, Moff Gideon, powerhouse. He, he's, he's on top. He's got a cape. He's on top. Oh yeah. So you cape know, and a mustache. That's a heck of a combo when you're an imperial. I'm very curious of the the rest of the uh, hierarchy and 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 setup and everything like that. But um, ends on ends on a crazy. I mean, they had to pull. Somebody had to die. I mean, it, I I did not not expect it. I was so upset when we first watched this. With, well, and you know, made the point of like, and this is with not a whole lot. I mean, yeah. we're talking about eight episodes overall. I mean, obviously, the characters we spend the most time with are Mando and Baby Yoda. Anyone else, we haven't really hung out with that much. More than yeah. one episode, at least. Um, so you know, the feelings you get over uh, Kuil. And I think it also hits because it all hits off screen. I love, oh, yeah. I love a well done off screen kill like that in terms of just cut to just cut to the 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 uh, the, the, the the yeah the final product like the the end yeah you know just cut to the remains yeah because we, we you don't can see tell all of the story yeah we didn't need oh, to yeah. see all of it yeah you don't see but and if anything it's just you don't like almost it's almost like watching a car crash makes it make more sense yeah versus how in the heck did that happen you know like just seeing the end like so it's almost more by being more abrupt it doesn't give you time to process what's happened and you're just like oh my god what yeah well it's it's like the original version of that is alderaan like you don't have to know who's on alderaan to know that it's important to leia because her reaction tells you everything you need to know in that moment like her parents are on that planet mm -hmm. that's where she's from well when yeah. you're just looking at a planet it can be very easy to for like it's a planet like i guarantee people on there. yeah you look you fly up into space and look at earth like you're gonna forget there's people there yeah. because it's just so big and so it's all in about how you present it uh and everything so no yeah i mean it definitely was quite yeah. the cliffhanger um for sure we didn't even mention nurse iggy well we'll get into it because he shows yeah. up more in uh, episode eight. He gets the fight. So in episode eight, um, yeah, I mean, he basically comes in pretty, pretty early on, but oh, not yeah. after. <laughs> like he needs a reason. So obviously, Quill's dead, and the baby is in Imperial hands. Um, two of two of the funniest Imperial two hands. I don't um, remember who plays. A couple of comedians, couple well of known. I, I think one of them or both of them is from SNL or something like that. Probably. But you can tell they're. They're improv, like they're just so hilarious. They're just dudes, yeah. like that just goes to show. But I love all the stuff in it because, you know, they're calling. They're just like, hey, you know, we've got the kid. You want us to come? And it's just like, well, hang on, he's he's working it out. He's talking it over and everything. And then they call back later, and it's just like, hey, any word? Do you want us to? Do you want us to come with the baby or whatever? And it's just like, well, he just killed a guy for interrupting him. So I think it's gonna be like I just love the, <laughs> just very casual. Um, yeah. You know, I, and I and love that he, one of the one of the guys is even just like, what in the heck? did he just they do did they say he just killed a guy? Yeah, what probably... this is a Chili's. <laughs> like <laughs> Sir, he, I didn't I did not sign up for this. Like he's having this just okay, and it just goes to show how how little the grunts know. Yeah, compared to everything else, like they just know they serve somebody. 
they assume, you know, you never, you never know. They, they've never met. Yeah. So, um, were you going to say something? No, I've completely forgotten what I was about to say. Sorry. My bad. You're fine. <laughs> so, um, like nurse protocol kicks in because Kuwil reprogrammed Iggy. He, he found him, rebuilt him, reprogrammed, like legitimately taught him. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah, his prime directive has changed. Which was such a great uh, little montage in episode seven. Um, and, a, you know, again, such a Star Wars metaphor thing in terms of you can learn new things. You can change. Yeah, and something else that I forgot to mention was they keep cutting to Iggy in those weird little moments of like, well, maybe he's bad, maybe he's not. Yeah, I mean, they try and leave it a couple... Like, they try and leave it a little ambiguous. Like, because um, when he calls back to the Mando mm-hmm. to, to bring him up to speed, he's like, Wheel has been terminated. It's just like, that's not how you break news like that. No. It makes you sound very suspicious. He has no bedside manner. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't know if it, if it, I don't know if it fooled anybody. I don't know if that was necessarily the intent, but you, it feels no. like they tried to make it a little ambiguous, although... We would have known what happened, so I don't, I don't know. He's activated, I guess, when he realizes the kid didn't come home, um, and so he goes after um, the the baby, which brings him to the stormtroopers, and he just goes full on Terminator. Yes, it is such a cool sequence. Yeah, so it's nice to see him hands on instead of just blasters, because um, we see a lot of that originally. We see more of that later in the episode, so it's nice to see him just get hands-on like he doesn't need guns to necessarily still be scary and then he still uses guns but at the same time right yeah because then like basically he speeds in um and takes out a whole bunch of stormtroopers but then rejoins the crew who have been like locked down in the the um in the bar and like there's so many things that kind of happen in the bar so much i don't really know that i mean i don't know i don't feel like a lot's necessary um, yeah, the essential things that happen are Mando gets shot. Uh, sort of. Sort of. So, he gets hit in the back of the head with something. Well, no, like, so when Iggy shows up, they basically take the chance to go full hog and try and shoot their way out. And he's taken out a whole bunch of people, and then Moff Gideon blows up the cannon control that he's using. When that blows up, it's the blowback that, Gives him his head injury. The whole right. thing is he's got a head injury. The whole thing is his central processor has been damaged. Yeah, I love that little line. I, I feel brain. like he has to know what he's... Yeah. I, I think Iggy has to know what a brain is. Oh, yeah. Well, he even says afterwards, that was a joke. Right. I was trying to put you at ease. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, he, gonna, he gets damaged in battle while they're also trying to figure out how to escape and his whole thing is to get to um the covert link up with the mandos and then surely that will help yeah um but in there he sends everyone else out but because iggy's a nurse now he helps there's a couple of times mando's just like no leave me yeah and i'm like dude it's not that serious it's one of those things like gets paper cut Leave me to die. Right. I'm just like, you're just looking for reasons, dude. Come down. Like, he wants to be honorable so bad. And Mm -hmm. I understand that for his character. But at the same time, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I mean, if anything, I wish that at least in the initial, like, 
oh, I'm wounded. I feel I, I wish they would have done a little bit more to really convey it because yeah. because it's fixed so quickly. Like it's the thing that makes Bacta such a laugh. Like, oh, just put Bacta on it. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like because it makes it seem like that's just the cure all. Like it's just all better. Just like rub some lotion on it, put some Vaseline on it, rub some bacon on it, you'll be fine in like two minutes. Right. Whereas I mean, I don't know. I feel like they could have done more or just bypassed yeah. the whole leave me thing and just gone for the whole I don't want you to help me and take off my helmet thing. Yeah. Like cuz that's really <laughs> what we were trying to set up is because they needed to create a scenario where it was just him and the droid so that they could have that great lo- line of like no living things to see me without my helmet and it's like I am not alive. <laughs> he has a couple of matter of fact yeah. phrases uh throughout this that I love. He's such a good character. So, uh, but it's the one time we really get yeah. to see, I think, and again, we kind of talked about it last time. I don't know. But I think the one time Pedro might have been in the suit, which is fine. I mean, it Possibly. is what it is. I mean, it doesn't need to be huge. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's that final. I, I didn't expect that. I did not yeah. expect to see Pedro at all. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't think that was going to be a season one thing. No, I think they did a good job of, like, setting it up to where this isn't going to happen. You know, you're never going to see him without his helmet. Oops. Right, that's not that's not how it works and then it happens. Um it is a good reveal though. It goes back to again, they didn't need Pedro. I'm glad they got him for the acting part. Yeah. But it 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 does bring up the interesting thing of the the whole filmmaking of the character and everything's very different yeah. than anything else. I mean, back in the day it would have been no, you put you put that helmet on John Wayne. Like, if you want John Wayne to be the Mando, that's how you do it. Versus nowadays, where yeah. no, we're gonna we're gonna get a stunt person to do all the body work. Yeah, you're gonna get in that suit, Kane Hodder, and you're gonna break your neck. Right, essentially. So, um, again, I love this scene. I love the whole removing of the helmet. You know, and, and moment with him and Iggy. I, I, I think they should have just stuck with that instead of the. No, it's over. Just leave me. Yeah. Like, I, Did I don't know. Did you think at all that they were going to leave him? No. No, of course not. I, and that's my whole thing is I would have, I think they could have easily just done a whole, just go, we'll, we'll be right behind. Like, set it up. Like, m- make it like he's he doesn't want to be left, but like he's encouraging, like, no, go, we'll catch up. And because maybe he doesn't know. Yeah. Like, he could have just turned to the droid and been like, how bad is it? Or something. Like, there's a couple of ways I, I I would have done it differently because of my prolific directing career. No, I, I mean, again, it just parts that work for me that I think could have been different. But yeah. overall, the same things accomplished. I think it just makes more sense that he has the moment of, I can't go with you. Mm-hmm. Later, when they reconnect in the tunnel with uh, the armorer at the covert, where they find out that either the Mandalorian's ditched or are killed it's kind of ambiguous and she doesn't clarify at all yeah because they basically see this pile of armor which i think they're trying to say means dead but he's like did anybody get off world and he's like probably probably okay maybe you know i'm like that's not an answer i mean i know they needed a reason for the mandos not to help because they kind of already did that but i would have i would have preferred the whole like you know they once they took off their helmets, we don't know who they are, so that means the Empire doesn't know who they are, and they just 
went to the winds. Which is fair. And they'll re, you know, like this idea of, you know, if it's the way, then they'll reconnect. It, you know, we'll find each other. Um, so mm-hmm. like, you know, something like that would have been cool. But like, it makes more sense for him to be like, I can't leave like this. Like, I can't, you know, we can't let them take our heritage again. Like, we've got, we've got to do something. Because that's what the armorer is basically doing. Yeah. Um, she, I, she makes a good point of turning it back on him, though. But I think a lot of his problem is like, let me be self-sacrificial. Let me do these things. I, I need to be the hero. I need to do all of this by myself. I need to be the honorable Mandalorian. Right. And then everyone around him is like, no. Right. You don't have to. Like, <laughs> you have friends. Yeah. You're no longer the lone wolf. Well, and I think that's the thing that's grown from the beginning to now is he has a team. He's not riding on his own. He like number one, it's enough that he has a kid. Yeah, it's no longer for himself. But even more than that, by having uh, Kara and Grief and Iggy and Kuil, he's got he's got this little ragtag group now. It, there's no reason he has to do anything alone anymore. Exactly, and that's growth. Um, so the armor gets a great scene because of all of that and everything. But again, it's left ambiguous. We, it's very confirmed i think they i think her actress has said that she's back on season two because we don't see her die here i mean you would not waste a a great character like that i think absolutely not so i'm pretty sure she just kind of cleans up and i'm sure she comes back in later uh maybe with a new covert maybe we get uh heavy mando and a couple of others back again and everything i feel like i know it's the mandalorian show but I, i feel like we've got to have more like, oh, yeah. I feel like that has to grow. Um, well, that's what a lot of people think that Sasha Banks is going to be in season two. Is like, what if she's Sabine? Or like, what if she's another Mandalorian? Something like could that. Could be. I mean, they've kind of, in canon nowadays, set up this idea of, uh, so far we've seen two very prominent ethnicities. We see Asian and we see very European white. So like Satine and um, Olmec are very very white posterity like you know they're they're in the ivory towers of mandalore um and then you've got some of these lower clans like the like rin you know sabine's asian uh and heritage for everything they seem to set up and everything Mm -hmm. like that and so i see a lot of interesting lore there because i mean pedro pascal obviously not white and i love this idea I kind of hope that he's actually Mandalorian. Like, I know they do this, like, they give all this backstory, and it's very cool, very awesome. I love the whole scene. We, I mean, we could talk a lot about that, because we love the, I mean, the reveal of Death Watch, and just all the, it's just such a good scene. But, you know, there's this idea of, like, I'm not Mandalorian, it's a creed, and all this other stuff, but I I kind of like the idea that it turns out he's actually Mandalorian. Like, he's actually legit. His birth certificate just got burned, or something, or like, I don't know. I hold out hope. I like my Mandalorians with ethnicity, though. I, I will say, I don't like... I mean, obviously, we have Satine from it and everything like that, but... Mm-hmm. Personally, I like my Mandalorians, Maldalorians. True. But that's just... That's me. all the white ones. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I, I mean, like from everything Maul. we see, because we've got Gar Saxon, uh, pre-Vizsla for a little bit. Um, yeah, but then you know. he was murdered. I mean, I would like a little bit of an explanation, because... I mean, I know that Mandal- to be Mandalorian is a creed. Does that only apply to the warriors? Because it only seems like certain clans and warriors are where you see the diversity. Yeah. It, it versus 
when you see Mandalore in the Clone Wars, pretty obvious, like, this, like, through uh, intermarrying and just people that have lived there for so many years, you've got a type. Mm-hmm. Like, Clone Wars and, uh, Clone Wars Mandalore is white. Very white. Yeah, blonde hair, blue eyed, white. It's not until Rebels that we start to see diversity. Does the diversity kind of appear? And I think here now is reinforcing that a little bit. And so I kind of would love to see a little bit more Mando lore in season two. That was not on purpose. But nonetheless, uh, definitely hope for it because this leaves it open-ended to be possible. Um, uh, Big sacrifice moment because we haven't had enough sadness in all of this. No, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about fairy. Oh, so his name is Fairy now. I think his name is Fairy. I like it. on Wikipedia his name is Fairy Droid. I said his name is Fairy. I I'm not saying Wikipedia said it. I'm saying his name is Fairy. You said you Chiron sa- first. You because you said Sticks. And I'm like, that's stupid. Sticks is the river, not the boatman. Yeah, but it's a dope metal name. Yes, but it's not for accurate. A droid but it's not that accurate. That rolls on lava. Yeah, but it's not accurate. Cool though. He'd be Karen. But if we want to be fun about it, his name is Fairy. Yeah, his name is Fairy. Like Astromech with legs, boy, on the boat is what we're talking that, about. Not only does he have legs, but he has arms and legs. Yes. I love. He's a boatman. I love droids that have appendages. Right. I don't know what it is. Like I love Chopper's little arms. I love BB-8 and his thumbs up. Like, yeah. There's so much about droids. It that humanizes them. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, they basically uh, get to the... I mean, Navarro's been shown before to be very volcanic, rocky. It's not exactly green. Yeah. Um, and so there's this lava river that runs out from the sewers, I guess, which is not the sewers, technically. I guess, I guess it's just tunnels. Um, so they're like, oh, we'll take that, and that'll get us outside the city. Yeah. My thing is... I think they kind of should have known the Empire would know about that, because it seems like that's the only way to go from there. Yeah, that... that, that, that I'm not saying we saw the whole sense. tunnel system, but I'm pretty sure that explains why the Empire would be there. It's like in Mario, where it's like, that's a pipe. That's going to lead somewhere, and they're probably going to come out of it, so I'm not going to worry about that. We're just going to wait here. Right, just stay there. I don't know. Exactly. There's a piranha plant coming out of it. That's probably where well, he's going to come from. Well, I thought they were in a pretty good setup in the tunnels because they have to. They could only send so many troops down there. Yeah. So. Well. I mean, they could have nuked it. Like Wars. they could have done a bomb down there. Or something. What? They did that in the Clone Wars, and like they found them in like. So they two did the minutes. Seven Samurai episode in the Clone Wars too. They could have done. They could have done something and spiced it up. I don't know, but then we wouldn't have got a great Terminator-esque sacrifice scene, which is the whole emphasis of. Of the rope, anytime a robot and lava come in contact, it's an it's a reference. It's, I, it it's has to be. <laughs> be a reference. Like there was no thumbs up because he didn't have thumbs. He but has I, clampers. I love I I love the line of, tell me that the child will be safe in your care, and I can default to secondary protocol. I love the I just love the tell me it'll be okay, and I can do this. Yeah. Uh, it's so. I'm awesome. I'm I'm gonna go on record. Harder than Kuwil, like. I'm sorry, like, that, that initial cliffhanger of Kuwil, big, but, like, getting the dialogue and getting this whole moment between Mando and just this other stuff, and it's just like, you know, you, there's, you know, I've never been alive. There's no reason to be sad. I'm a little sad. <laughs> yes, you are. I've analyzed your Like, I just love yeah. all of it, so the, much of it. There was also a line earlier that I forgot to talk about where 
I love that the one female character in the show is not like inherently motherly because Iggy hands the baby to Carol oh, yeah. and she's like, I don't do babies. Yeah. Which is fair because like a lot of women don't not, do babies. Right. Well, it's a, it's not everybody's thing. Not exactly. everybody comes with that information downloaded. Like, exactly. you know, totally fair. Um, not everyone wants to be a mom. So, yeah. So like, I, I really, I hated it because again, it was having to say goodbye to Iggy again, but I, I thought this was a much better way to go. This, this very self-sacrificing, this, you know, I mean, this is the humanizing moment. That's the whole reason that the Terminator sacrifices himself. Yes, you can say it's protocol. I cannot, I, you know, I can't let this fall into enemy hands. I have to be destroyed, but I can't self-terminate. Like, you can make it protocol stuff. Yeah. But in reality, he's doing it out of the good of others. Like, if I continue to exist, more Terminators will come. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I need you to take care of it. Like, it's, it's a humanizing moment for a droid, which could be and for some people overdone i think this is well done i loved yeah. it um you know what movie does that very well i robot yeah with alan tudyk like Her, yeah. the moment where she's about to deactivate him and he's like will it hurt oh, oh yeah <laughs> there's a lot in that robot that i love just um, alan tudyk in general just and running around in pajamas. it's a great movie it's a very 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 good movie oh yeah so um and we finally get payoff of the self-destruct um yes. you know Again, kind of bittersweet, but he finally got to to, to whip that one out. So, <laughs> um, and and I like I like that that helps, you know. I mean, that not only helps them escape, but that levels the playing field. All that's left is Gideon, mm-hmm. and we get a great showdown because do the waving hand thing. I can't. Thing, I can't ima- I, oh yeah, <laughs> I couldn't imagine anything else. Like, if I had to think about it, I don't know what would have been cooler. A like, what? Tie We've already had a shootout. We've already had a droid blow up. We've all we've had so much already happen. This is yeah. This is like we've never seen this. And we have never seen this. After that, which we will talk more about, the even better reveal. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, basically, you know, Gideon's running around in a Tie Fighter, and yeah. Mando has to take it down there, which is the payoff of him getting the jetpack. And then immediately just like breaking it. Oh yeah. <laughs> As is the Mandalorian way. Right. I'll be I'll be honest with you. Well, not breaking it, but definitely it does it is, it's not. It's not effective. Right. Well, because he's he he basically just knew how to go up. So. Which is fair. Which is good enough in this case. Which is why she said when when he's ready, you'll start your training. Yeah. Well, I love the they build the lore in dialogue like that because she talks about you know have you trained in the Rising Phoenix? What? You know, and th- but then she presents the thing, like, and it's like, it will not listen to, like, there's yeah. this interesting lore being built in terms of, they view all of this, like, their their technology, their tools, their weapons, they view all of it as mm-hmm. very, almost Navi-like, it's alive, like, you, you, you recognize that, yes, it's a tool, but it's not meant to be just wheeled, welded, you know, it's not meant to be just willy-nilly, yeah. like, you know, you have to learn it, and therefore you have to almost acknowledge a level of sentience in terms of, your, you know, like, communi- like I mean, everybody talks to stuff all the time and everything like mm-hmm. that, and, it, and sometimes it helps with concentration, which then in turn makes you better at whatever you're doing. So it's like, it's almost this very mystic, mystified version of that, yeah. in a way, but... And I have thought about it before, but I think even, you know... 
technology has a connection with the Force in Star Wars. I mean, how else would you explain Anakin's ability to speak binary? <laughs> like, which was a very good deleted scene, which I recommend everyone looks up. Right. Very funny. But like, Oh, the I, one in the elevator? Yes. What, yeah. He said beep boop, not boop beep. Right. <laughs> all the all the outtakes of Hayden and it's Ewan so make me just so nostalgic and I'm just so happy when I see people being happy with oh, yeah. Star Wars. Like I'm I don't know. I it just it helps me knowing that people had a good time. Yeah. That's what I don't love about all the crazy discourse that can happen sometimes because I'm like, guys, just just back off. Let let's yeah. enjoy stuff. Come on, like goodness gracious. Yeah. Um but anyway, um yeah, I just, I love the, the showdown with the Tie Fighter. I thought that was it's it, so like cool. uh, the effects, man. Like all of the ship effects to this point have been so great, but simple. This was incredible, and you know we kind of had a moment where we were talking about how like this is the culmination of everything. Every yeah. good thing that's happened in every other episode is in these two episodes, all the time. Like yeah. great effects, great acting, great set, great you know like. Everything's been pumped into these two episodes. These two episodes are pure. What's the big deal with Mando? Yeah. Like these two episodes, like the, everything that's good about this show is here. Yeah. Uh, music dynamic as well, because there's so many. You go from such actiony uh, renditions of the theme to very, you know, nostalgic and and soft ones. But you also go into very like when he has the vision or not the vision, the uh, flashback. Like, yeah. the, the electric guitar it's so in cool. Star Wars when Death Watch shows up. Like, that's so <laughs> freaking metal. And it's just so great because you would better not put violins in the Mandalorian theme. No. Like, goodness gracious. And I mean Mandalorian people. So, like, you know, no, when they when they come riding in on jetpacks and shooting up droids and saving the town, that's electric guitar moment, baby. Oh, like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Which is why it's won Emmys and everything. It's so great. Yeah. Um. It has so much packed in here. So, but I, I, you know, and yes, it's arguably easy to take down a tie. Um, they have like pretty easy targets. Well, my thing, yeah, I mean, my thing is if they hadn't been able, if he didn't have the jetpack and hadn't been able to get to it, nothing would have happened. Oh, no, he would have been screwed. But, but I mean, once you're, once you're there, it's kind of easy. Um, you know, a couple well-placed bombs and I just love the, just, I, I love the moment. We don't get much of Gideon. Honestly, uh, kind of sad, but I, I know we'll get more, obviously. Yeah. Um, what we do get is fantastic. Sure, yeah. When I love I love the moment when, so when Mando places the bombs and then ditches, I love, I don't know why, but I love the reaction. They're just very, I don't know if it's just mm-hmm. seeing someone who's just so used to getting their way and scaring people into doing what he says or just used to mopping up problems. Oh, yeah. But the genuine just like, I can't believe you just no, did that. Not allowed. Like it's like when <laughs> like when Goku kills Frieza and it's just like no or not Frieza uh, Cell when he's like no I'm perfect. Yeah. What are you doing? How'd I'm you perfect. Do that? Right. Like it's like this isn't this does not compute, and it's like all of that's communicated in like two seconds of di- like just no. Um, I don't know. It just it's a thing I like, uh, and I also just like that it's just that you know that yeah. done. It's just and it crashes. Yeah. It's over. It crashes. They get on the plane. Baby Yoda has a necklace. Yeah, I mean, they have a cute, like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the, all right, onward Off to the next night, because, you know, the armor gave him the mission of, like, which the dialogue, of course, it shows up in the season two trailer, which is a great comeback to it of in terms of teasing, 
you know, Mandalore the Great fought this wizard race of Jedi, and like, mm-hmm. oh, so clearly yeah. that's playing into what is happening in season two. He's trying to, I guess, find Jedi. And I really, 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 really want Tarvesla to be mentioned. I, yeah, well, and that's why I want more Man- Mandalore lore, because I, I like I want more of it because we still only have pieces. Exactly. The most we have only begins in the Clone Wars. Begins in what I'd say is like the Mandalorian Renaissance. That's a microphone. <laughs> There's um, one there. We're yeah. not used to them sticking out of the area. Right. Um, so, like, it's this very different period. That's not all of Mandalore. That's just yeah. what it's become. And then everything devolves. Yeah. Like, what it is now is in no way what it was. And so we need to get some pieces filled in. I don't want it all here because not everything deserves to happen here. Yeah. Um, certain things need its own area. But anyway, um, yeah, I really hope we get more. Yeah. And then to tie in Mandalore lore, Manda Mandalore lore. Yes. You get the point where Moff Gideon goes from a good villain to a threat. Well, it's this like idea a of like TH threat. you had my attention, but now. You or, had, like, I you was had in... my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Right, because clearly like, there's even more going on. Yeah, because he has the freaking Darksaber. How did he get the Darksaber? Yeah, well, um, yeah. I mean, How? I, I, I haven't seen the rest of Rebels, so I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it ends where, like, it doesn't end there, obviously, but it definitely doesn't end there. So clearly th- some things have happened, uh... Between points. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the stuff I'm talking about. That's the stuff we've got to, that we need yeah. filled in. So that's season one. Uh, obviously, season two is around the corner. It is yeah. upon us. Um, it's creeping up our backs. Yeah, very excited. And again, this the finale obviously sets up a lot of things. We know he's hunting Jedi for the sake of hopefully maybe passing on the kid. But is he going to be able to do that when that... Um, comes up, you know, is he going to be able to give up the kid uh, when all of that happens? Yeah. You know. And in that, I love the line of dialogue when she's talking about, like, you know, you are responsible for this child. That is until, you know, you pass him off to his own kind or he comes of age. Mm-hmm. Which where, where I think is like the Air Bud situation where he makes the choice. Um, which I think, I think that's what that means in terms of yeah. like, either he chooses to take care of himself, he chooses to stay with you, or he chooses to go, yeah. uh, f- find his own path. And he dies in the middle of the movie so that they have to hire a new dog. Yeah. Wait, that, that happened? That happened. Really? Wow. I, I, I think it was Airbud. I don't remember my dog movies very I didn't long. watch many when I was growing up. I watched Cats and Dogs Dude, and that was it. Homeward Bound ruined me for the rest of Dang dog care. movies. Old Yeller and Cats and Dogs is all you need. Yeah, I would argue. Yeah, both ends of the spectrum. You only need cats and dogs because Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's true. I forgot he was in it uh, when I rewatched it a couple years ago. Yeah, it was one of those moments because I didn't know who Jeff Goldblum was as as a youngster. He sniffs a dog. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so this sets up a lot of interesting ideas of where it's going to go. Um, and clearly we've only had one trailer. I think we're going to probably get one more because it's so early. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get a little bit more, uh, peek at what's going on. And obviously Entertainment Weekly has a magazine coming out. Uh, it might be even be out now, but I'm sure some things are going to get talked about there, which will be interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, right for right now, we're gonna bookmark uh, the Mandalorian and come back to it at some point. Um, you know, again, we haven't really planned for uh, season two this season yeah. this year, um, but maybe twenty twenty one. When things calm down and our cat shuts up, we'll be able to talk about that and have fun. Here's the thing about Piglet. I don't think she's ever going to shut up. Well, even when after, she takes the big nap nap, she will. Even after the big nap nap, I think she's going to haunt <laughs> We're us. just going to hear her uh, we'll wailing like, in the house. be like recording a podcast and all of a sudden. Right. Piglet? Is we that a, you? Yeah. Uh, so she'll stay with us forever. Yeah. Um, we already thanked them because they bought us nice new fancy equipment, but we're going to thank them again. Our patrons, Doug, Jim, Rebecca... You guys are awesome. Um, anyone who wants to can check out our Patreon. It's always in a link below, uh, whether this is on YouTube or uh, whatever podcast platform you enjoy it on. Yeah. Um, we're not fancy and amazing. Um, it's not give us money and get all millions of benefits and everything. Um, we wish we were that cool uh, because it would make way more sense for you to give us money. But yeah. essentially it's based on if you like us and think we deserve it, um, you know, we're simple. I mean, we're, we're a homegrown podcast. We're not huge, so we don't, table. yeah, we don't have a whole lot, but if you want to, um, give to it and support it because you like it and it's awesome, uh, and if you're awesome, then you can always check that out. Uh, obviously it goes somewhere. It does something for the show. Um, and so, uh, anyone who enjoys what we're doing now in terms of quality and, and everything like that can thank Doug, Jim, and Rebecca as well. Yeah. Um, be sure to check out our friends at the Red 5 Network. Um, they have great podcasts. They have podcasts without cats. Um, so, well, of course there's podcasts. They have cats. Yeah, well, I, I doubt they're this annoying. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, if you want to check out so many great other people, um, maybe even better people than us, we uh, highly recommend you check out uh, red5network.com. Um just a slew of awesome casts and people there uh, for you to enjoy and fill your ears with, uh, and occasionally eyes. Uh, and also, um, if you're into games or into any gaming franchise, anything from Final Fantasy to Halo to Star Wars to anything, uh, Game Infinite is a place, it's a kind of one-stop shop of awesome game stuff. Um, Jesse over at Game Infinite uh, shares all kinds of great stuff, and we work with Jesse to share all kinds of great Star Wars stuff. Yeah. over on Instagram. So check out Game Infinite. Check out Star Wars Infinite over on Instagram uh, and Twitter uh, if you want to stay connected for all of that stuff and just another way to support awesome people. Um, you know, I, I'm thankful for Star Wars Infinite because, wow, we get to see so many amazing cosplays and art. Uh, we just bought an art piece from someone we've uh, come to know from uh, Star Wars Infinite. And yeah. so I uh, absolutely love that. So uh, check that out as well. I don't think there's anything else. Uh, except to appease the cat god that uh, dominates our lives. Please give to our patrons so that we can move out and uh, get our own place. Um, if we pay her off, uh, we will get our child back and uh, can live in peace. But anyway. She's got the dog. Yeah. <laughs> She's got Boba. That's why it's been quiet up till now. But anyway. Uh, no, so uh, sorry this episode was out late whenever it does happen to get out, but... Um, Thank you guys for being patient and looking forward. We're talking more Halo soon, and we also got Rebels coming up. We're getting close to the Season 2 finale, which, if you don't know, is a big deal. I <laughs> can't wait to talk about that. So subscribe, rate, all that good stuff wherever uh, this is being consumed by you and your face. Uh, and until next time, I've been your Herd Leader John Wayne.
Finn, you heard about Megan. May the force be with you. 